So when we say negotiation, we're not talking about withdrawing when necessarily when there's a transaction about dividing the pie. This is more about how we're being with each other in the process of discovering how big the pie can be together. Just to put it clearly, the collaborator is going to know they're in there, they have acuity and a good acuity about not dividing the pie too early because that's that's when you you must you're going to go to your different corners and you're going to ask for what you want and you literally don't you want that to be a very you don't want that to be a long period of time because it puts a strain on the relationship particularly if you're going to go forward and work together yo collaborators listen up this conversation is for you Hello, my friends. My name is Chad, and this is the Naked Leadership Podcast, high-stakes conversations for relentless company founders. My co-hosts and I have over six decades of combined experience in leadership coaching, and this podcast is where we explore it all. There's no conversation too risky. This week, Adrian, Dan, and I sit down to discuss the second negotiation style, the collaborator. This is the second episode in the series that we explore all five of the negotiation styles that are outlined in our negotiation quiz. We dive deep into the strengths and the potential blind spots of the collaborator and how some of these things show up in our leadership. This one is near and dear to me since my style is the collaborator. It's so helpful for me to understand what I am typically not seeing in my negotiations. Hopefully you find it equally as insightful. Let's dive in. Well, gentlemen, welcome. Adrian, how are you, man? I'm so good. Glad to be here. Me too. It's great to have you. Dan, brother, how are you? I am well and excited to be back. I miss you guys. I miss my work. I'm excited to have this to come home to. Yeah. Yeah. We're so grateful to have you back. So um, I'm also excited that we're continuing the series of the negotiation styles. So those of you who are listening, maybe if you just found this episode as a one-off, I want to let you know that there is a um, a quiz that we've put out called negotiation, or, or the, the URL is negotiation.takenewground.com. In under five minutes, you can answer 15 simple questions to understand better your negotiation style. Now, why do we want to understand our negotiation style? Pretty simple. We say negotiation is the heart of leadership, and everything that you have in your life is a result of how you negotiate. So the opportunity is for you to understand yourself a little bit better, where your strength, where your strengths lie, where your blind spots might be, so that you can actually create what it is in your life and your company that you want. So go check it out, negotiation.takenewground.com. Also right at the top, one other housekeeping item. I want to talk about the revenant for just one moment. We are having an we have an upcoming revenant in april april 20th through the 23rd in boise idaho as if already half full dan already half full dan stomping grounds yeah he's gonna you can only wear shit kickers to the training <laughs> you gotta wear a, a plaid shirt like you have there <laughs> that's right yep that's right exactly but seriously it is half full we want you to join us this is you've if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard us talk about this. You can check it out at wearerevenant.com. That's where you can see testimonials. Um, you can see a little uh, couple little blurbs about what the training is about. Um, and you can register there as well. Um, so 
want to plug that. Anything else you guys want to want to mention about the Revenant? Yeah, this is the last one that we'll be doing at uh, the current pricing, which is I think nineteen hundred and ninety something dollars or two thousand dollars. The next one will will be raising the price uh, to to thirty five hundred a participant. So this is a great opportunity to get get the deal before it goes up. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the quality of these trends, I mean, I think what's unique about the Revenant is none of them are the same. No. That, you know, it's like, it's, it's not for those that are thinking training or thinking, you know, course or mastermind or like some set set of content and whoever's in the room doesn't matter because the guy on the stage is going to say that stuff anyway. And it's all well-practiced and rehearsed. Um, we are very well practiced and very rehearsed, but the content for the training is in the seats. So the people that come actually generate the entire environment for the training. Um, and we, and so, and I know, I know the people that are already signed up for this and I know the quality of individuals that they are. Mm -hmm. I know the ambition that they live in and I know the, uh, the conviction they have and they're, they're just getting started. And so they're coming to the Revenant to really. Um, accelerate their own personal leadership and what that means for them, for their family, for their companies, for their organizations, for their own legacy. So if that sounds interesting to you, then it's, and you want to go be a gift to the context, gift to the training, and then the revenue is perfect for you. Yeah. Um, and I would come, this is going to be a very special one. I know it. Yep. I, you so, know, and I just had a, I had a friend who enrolled recently and she asked, she said, you know, why did you write this thing? And I said, you know, I noticed that from when I was a young man that all the great kind of uh, leaders of our time seemed to be making life more entertaining, like being uh, and doing it in a way that would divert people from having to look into the, con- you know, the difficulties of life. Like, like entertaining is to divert yourself from what you're doing. And uh-huh. I, I decided I want to do something that would cause people to look into their life and make it make bring the quality up to a level where they want to look into it, where uh-huh. they need less diversion and are excited about and uh, what they're preparing for and, you know, the community that they're developing. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was just in a conversation with, um, one of my past clients, one of my past coaching clients that I've invited multiple times to the Revenant and, um, they haven't making them, they haven't made, they've yet to make the, the pounce on it. Um, and you know, in conversation about this one, they responded to me, well, it would be really nice. It would be really helpful if this thing was offered remotely. (laughs) (laughs) How convenient! How entertaining! <laughs> and I said, you know, my answer was like, "This is this is such a bigger commitment than you understand." Yeah, yeah. Um, what this calls you into is something so much bigger than sitting behind a screen learning something. So, if yeah. that's the you know, if that is the level of expo- exploration that you're looking for, there's plenty of stuff out there for you. This ain't yeah. it. Yeah, yep. it's funny you said that because whenever I do a training, my screen time on my phone goes down to like an hour a day, yeah. <laughs> like three hours a day. Because <laughs> I don't even know I have a phone for a week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So let's dive in. 
Today, we're talking about the second style of negotiation, which is what we call the collaborator. So the collaborator is, um, there's a couple of, if you were to take the quiz, answer the questions, and you got the collaborator, what you would find out is that there's about four or five bullet points there, uh, and then a strength and a blind spot. I want to start with the strength, if that's okay. So the strength that we've outlined for the collaborator is the ability to withdraw from a threatening situation. Now, what? first off, what does that mean? The ability to withdraw, why is that a strength in negotiation? Um, it, yeah, and what, is, what does it mean? Why is, that, why is that a strength when you are negotiating? Well, I mean, <laughs> the in any negotiation, it's only as valuable as you know it's only alive when both parties recognize they're better off together than apart mm. now uh, the collaborator is looking for collaboration they realize that in the background they realize that that is the key to the negotiation that's the key to yeah, yeah. creating agreement and coming into a uh, you know an agreement of the minds and if there's a threat like if like let's say the person that I'm working with is wants to dominate or somehow is being unreasonable. Well, the collaborator knows that if they're doing it here, it's just going to continue in the relationship. And so that's a threat to their interests. And no, and, and so they have a sense of this isn't, we're not going to be better off together than apart so they can withdraw, which may cause the other party to reconsider the way they're in the negotiation and the way that they're engaging the relationship. You know, I think, a part of this is really what is the spirit that's animating or the mood that's animating the other party? Is that a mood or spirit I want to be involved with? And is that going to be beneficial to my interest? Yeah. Yeah. So the threat, Dan, if yeah. I'm hear, hearing what you're saying, is the threat isn't necessary. I mean, immediately when I hear threatening, I go to like physical threat or, oh, yeah. you know, or, you know, but the the threat can be, you know, that they're not in it for the same reasons you are. Yeah. Right. And, and that what they're in it for isn't really going to make room for what I'm in it for. And that's, that's the only right. reason I'd be in it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So the collaborator, because they're uh, naturally in tune with or bent towards this idea that, hey, we can collaborate together to, to both get what we want. We can both win here. Um, they're typically the strength is to recognize that early and withdraw from the negotiation if there's not a possibility of a win of a winning scenario and and what's not mentioned there is that when somebody withdraws they probably have language about why they're withdrawing so if the other party's interested or has some curiosity about it there's an opportunity to reestablish or at least reconnect with the other party and see if there's a way to salvage what we're doing yeah withdrawing yeah. can become leverage I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's just what I was thinking too. Uh, all these points combined around, you know, if, if, I, if my, if I have a clean sense of myself in a negotiation and I, I know what I'm up to, I know what my interests are, and then I can therefore hear uh, somebody else's interests and I can keep those really distinct. And, you know, I think that, you know, as someone because there's this, because you, you can withdraw from an aspect of the negotiation. You can withdraw from a a position even in the negotiation. Um, 
and sustain yourself in the majority of it. And actually that is, does to your point, Chad, become something powerful because like, hey, you know what? I see where we're aligned in these ways. This is a non-negotiable for me. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about that. Yes. So, because if we, this stays where it is, I'm not going to be here. And, I, and I'm with you in relationship and blah, blah, blah. But this, this isn't going to work for me. And so you retain that ability and willingness to walk away from something until it becomes what's there to be good for all. Because if something's not good for one party in the negotiation, it's probably not going to be good for the, the, the sum. Yeah. So, you know, because you're tending to the biggest concerns, the biggest interests in the negotiation. Yeah, makes sense. So this is my style. This is the style that I got as the collaborator. Um, and this rings really, really true for me. And I think, you know, so many of us think about negotiation in, well, everything is negotiation. We already established that. I'm thinking about this in like the context of uh, vetting a new client or a potential new client, doing some discovery uh-huh. with a potential new client. And for me, where this shows up is that I, I'm very clear in that process, in that first conversation, I feel as though I'm very clear on what could be, like what the possibility of this relationship could be for both of us. And if the person on the other side doesn't see that possibility, uh-huh. then it's that's a point of withdrawal for me. Like I'm not here to like, baby you or or talk you into what's possible uh that you know what's possible is the starting point for me and we we have to both believe that in order to move forward and i'm okay withdrawing if i don't see that that you know that that, that we're in alignment there or they don't see where we can win together uh-huh and, well there's, there's an important distinction there too this is so when we say negotiation we're not talking about withdrawing when necessarily when there's a transaction about dividing the pie. Yeah. This is more about how we're being with each other in the process of discovering how big the pie can be together. Right. We want to, I mean, just to put it clearly, the collaborator is going to know they're, they're, they have acuity and a good acuity about not dividing the pie too early because that's, Mm -hmm. that's when you, you must, you're going to go to your different corners and you're going to, ask for what you want and you literally don't you want that to be a very you don't want that to be a long period of time because it puts a strain on the relationship particularly if you're going to go forward and work together so the idea is to really understand each other well and there's some other ways we can talk about this later on that when you get to dividing the pie you can do it quickly and efficiently and and there's some strategies in how to do that but you can do it so that you maintain a, a strong relationship going forward afterwards, right? Yeah. But too much time in that tension and the relationship can fray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just literally right before jumping on this call, I was in a coaching call with one of my clients who services a very similar demographic to us, high-end, hard-driving, successful people, and... um we were debriefing or doing the post-mortem on a new client relationship that didn't go well for him. Uh, right. the, client with, the, client, the client decided to walk away from the agreement and the contract pretty early in the contract. And as we were doing that post-mortem, it was really, really clear that there were multiple points in which, in the negotiation of how they were going to be together, there were multiple points in which 
the other party, the client, made it very clear that they were not up for what was needed or wanted for the success of the product and the success of their relationship. And instead of withdrawing at that moment and saying, and I don't mean, you know, we're obviously not talking about like emotionally withdrawing or or not communicating, but just like pulling out and saying, okay, I'm not in for this if you're not. Yeah, like folk. It's like focusing out for a minute. Yes. Like, no, hold. Yes. Let's 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 talk about that. I call it pushing. I call it pushing pause on the conversation we're having to talk about the conversation we're having. Yeah. Let's That's click right. into that. Yeah. Like, let's click what you just said. Yeah. And so we yeah. identified probably three points in which uh, he was unwilling to do that, and you know, ultimately the the relationship went sour. The the contract and the agreement went sour. And that was a that was a large part of the conversation we had. Like, going forward, are we? How are we committed to being willing to push pause and withdraw from what it is we're working on to observe and talk about what's possible and get connected to what's possible for each other? Did did you <laughs> did you click into his reasons for not doing that? Like, what what were his motivations? Well, ultimately, the motivations were he saw the potential of what this client could do for his reputation yep. rather than if the client was actually in for what was needed to make the results happen. So he obviously yep. didn't think about what this client might do to his reputation if he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> right. There is, there is that side of that same coin. That's for sure. Yeah. Which is, by the way, which is, by the way, one of the downsides of the collaborator. Mm. Is that they have a tendency? They can miss small things like that, like uh, small blind spots, like really thinking about the the prices as well as the rewards in this case. Yeah, of taking a client on. Yeah, yeah. Want a little bit of you know some edgy language here for those that love it. This is where we prostitute ourselves. You know, where we've got like moments like that where it's like, hold on, I'm really myopic on what I think I'm going to get out of it. And then I sell out. I I prostitute myself and give up, you know, and really don't trust the the possibility of a deeper connection. Uh, So I pump back up, you know. I don't know if I want to use the, I don't know if I want to stretch the analogy that far, but nobody's having a heart to heart with, nobody's Wait, having a heart analogy? to heart. The prostitution like, analogy? Oh, yes. Go away, Adrian. Well, Tell us what you're really thinking. Well, I'm just saying, I'm saying, I mean, it, I mean, I guess in the essence of a prostitute to not to buyer um, relationship <laughs> with it, both, both parties are, are objects, right? Yeah. Tool. Like we're both, both parties are tools, right? On the, on the service side, on the receiving service side, like both of them, they we, they can't be humans. Otherwise, it messes up the transaction. Yeah. Same in a negotiation, right? Once I, because I can, if I've got an aim on some kind of outcome, sounds like your client was like, okay, if, if this works, then this is what this is going to do for me. Um, I don't trust the fact that like, if we have a real human conversation about it, like this might not work. Here's what I think that we might be threatening each other. This might not work out. Um, you can't afford that because I'm just there to get this thing. Yes. And mm-hmm. every time you miss one of those opportunities to deepen the relationship, um, it's actually sealing your fate. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, collaborators tend to be highly optimistic collaborating. And so yeah. they, but the way you find out how 
collaborative they are really is when you say, okay, let's talk about if this doesn't work, how do we get out? How do we exit? You know, yep. that's always a great conversation. Yeah. To see because that you want to be as collaborative on that possibility as you are the possibility of it making it. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Right. Yep. So one of the bullet points in the results here is you can you can and will negotiate but you sometimes wish there was an easier way to obtain what you want. This is, this it is. so true to me. Huh. It rings so Why? true to me. Why? How's that? How come? Well, I just, I do find myself, especially when negotiations are uncomfortable, when there's tension, when I'm, when I'm in the tension of a negotiation, um, I, I will find myself thinking, you know, why, why can't we just like, why can't we just both give? If we were both just giving in this in this in this uh, scenario, then we it would be so much easier, and then we could just go ahead and you know. Can't we or, just get along? Can we just yeah, get along? Right? Or or why is <laughs> can't we just all be transparent about what it is that we want? And if we would, then we could you know move this thing a lot fa- along faster, and blah blah blah. It wouldn't be as much tension, and you know all of that sort of stuff. Life is not fair. It's what you negotiate. Let me say that one more time. Life is not fair. It's what you negotiate. Now, that's an interesting thought. If that's true, it means that everything you have in life right now, the possessions, the relationships, the fitness, the mindset, are all a product of your negotiations with others and yourself. And if that's true, wouldn't you want to be very clear on how you negotiate? what's effective and what's ineffective, what your strengths are and what your blind spots are. It is, after all, producing all the results in your life. So here's the deal. We put together a 15-question quiz that you can take in five minutes or less and find out exactly what your negotiation style is. The results of this quiz will give you insight into your strengths and blind spots in negotiation. It will also give you insight in how you can accentuate those strengths or compensate for the blind spots. Think for just one second with me all of the conversations you're having in your life. Think about compensation or advancement conversations with people on your team, discussing financial decisions with a partner, or just getting your kids to get their damn shoes on so that you can leave the house. All of these conversations are negotiations. This simple yet powerful tool has the potential to reinvent the way you get what you want in every aspect of life. Go to negotiation.takenewground.com right now or click the link in the description of this episode and find out what negotiation style you embody. You can thank us later. Now back to the show. Yeah, you raised me of a negotiation, Adrian, you'll know who I'm talking about. Uh, But a few months ago, I had a client who basically was going to, we had a contract and they were paying, it's one of our, it was one of our biggest contracts we've had in the last couple of years. And the client wanted to renege on portions of the contract, particular aspects of the contract that were important to me in the face of a $25,000 gig I was going to do with them. And, uh, I declined. I, I, in fact, I, I was in on the gig and then I said, well, no, if you're going to change the operating agreement, I really don't want to do that. And it was interesting what he said. He said, are you willing to really break 
rapport on a you know, we've made you know close to half a million dollars in the last year or so and you willing to walk away and I said yeah because I'm not walking away from the half a million dollars I made I'm walking away from the the problems I can see will come because my interests are going to be yeah you know, I'm going to be putting myself if I go along into a place that's a compromise to in this case my own sense of values and so no offense to you I just don't want to make that accommodation in the shift and when he heard that he got he was pretty cool he goes well I never thought of it that way and I, I explained I said it's not not like you have to have that same standard this is a standard for me and I, I think I talked about it in the beginning he goes yeah you did I never thought about it crossing the line and there was a lot of respect there we still talk and in fact I have a feeling we're gonna do some more work together as long as we can have that one aspect in and and um, but I think as a younger man I would have compromised that yes I have, and it's not when I say younger man. It's because I have the scars on my body, not because oh I'm uh-huh. wiser because I saw somebody else do it. But you know, if you buy the T-shirt a few times, or you know, you yep. get you lose your shirt a few times, you go hmm. And yep. I've I've compromised myself and hurt other people by doing that, and so I just you know I can feel it in my body like no no this is the edge. Yeah, I, I think about um, I don't know. I, an image that comes to mind is I grew up in the middle of nowhere and you when you grow up in the middle of nowhere you see the storms coming from far away yeah and you're like see the clouds over there and you can smell it you can smell the rain miles away and you're like it's gonna rain yep it's gonna rain and this is part of I mean I remember being in that conversation with you Dan and it's always very impressive to me oh yeah we were we did talk about it yeah that's right. Oh, yeah, we talked about it. I, I remember I remember looking at the email exchanges. I remember like walking through with you and thinking and me being uncomfortable with yeah. the email. You know, I just because I felt, oh wow, this this guy's not messing around. What what honor there is in honesty. Yeah. yeah. Well, I you know, otherwise I'd be lying and, and I have lied like that in in a very couple of key relationships in my past and hurt relationships I've valued that I've never been able to reclaim. And that sticks yep. with me. And I never, I don't want that again. And it's, yep. you know, it's just a, you know, and I think I, it's funny because in my mind, I'm framed, I've got myself all framed up like a good guy. Like a, <laughs> I'm going to be a good guy here and go along with them because I don't <laughs> I want them to feel good about it, you know. And, yep. and really what I'm doing is I'm just a little prostitute, you know, a little whore. <laughs> I, you know, dressed in a priest, in a nun's outfit. <laughs> so the blind spot, on this. You can cut that part, right, Chad? You can cut that part. No, we're not cutting that uh, part. We're, we're, we're live, baby. Yeah, Let's we're do live. It. There is no cutting. We know it. Everybody's oh, on well, that. Here we go. Here we go. By the way, I did forget Everybody's to mention that, that uh, we are now broadcasting these live as we record them to YouTube. So if you want to know when those recordings are, you can uh, subscribe to our email list. We'll send out an email letting you know that we're going live and you can come and ask questions. We actually have a question waiting for us in the queue, so Let's have we'll it. get there. We'll get there. We're, we're gonna we're gonna save it for the end. So um, the blind spot for this negotiation style is oversharing of information that may undermine your interest. Yes, and I relate to this once again so deeply. My thinking around this is when I do this, and I realize I, sometimes I'll realize when I do it. I'm sure I've done it way more than I actually realize. What my, my thinking is, is that if I just put it all out there, then they will do the same and will get there so much faster with such less <laughs> tension. 
right? Uh-huh. Because one of the bullet points is you're reasonably <laughs> co- comfortable with conflict, which is true. I can hang in conflict. Um, if it doesn't last too long or become too heated. So for me, I, I'm looking for that. I'm like pre-preserving the, the, the conflict by sh- oversharing my position. Lay it out I'm- all on the table. And if you're a good human being, you will do the same thing. And then we'll know exactly what we're working with. Well, I'm just taking notes. Be sure to be overly dramatic with Chad to get your way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm interested because this is my style. And now we've all been working together. I mean, Adrian, you and I have been working over, together for over a decade. Dan, four, almost five years. Like, what do you notice? Is there anything you notice about how I show up in our negotiations that highlight some of the points and the blind spots that we have that we've that we've shown here or any examples that come to mind or anything i just think it's a good way to bring it to life well i I, just to speak to what you said first off i'll answer the question i've noticed a big shift in you from when we first started working together oh yeah Uh, much more open less reactive Uh, like reactive meaning you had a tendency to i I think make things up and then draw within and then Get bitter and then come back and overreact or over. You know, I think that what you made up was what we were where we were. Mm-hmm. And as you realize that wasn't the case, you can tend to be. You're a lot more open-handed. But mm-hmm. as far as sharing, oversharing information, you know, that's very common because most people don't stop and think. Well, what? Because sharing information is a medium of creating trust in a, in a uh-huh. negotiation. So I want to share as much information as I can without hurting my own interest. So I want to, so I've got to identify what information is agreeing, is valuable to the other parties and can be shared that creates trust. What information is yellow? I call yellow like a stoplight. Mm-hmm. Yellow, that means I want to be cautious about how I share this and when I share it. Uh, to benefit the negotiation and what information is what I consider red. I don't want them to know necessarily at any point in the community in, in a negotiation. And sometimes red turns to yellow and yellow green like that. But knowing what the, what information is like that is takes a little bit of effort. But when you know that, then you feel more comfortable at the table and you have an idea of what you're sharing and why. Like. This is cautious, and this is why. Mm-hmm. This is information that's not to share, and this is why. Mm-hmm. And if something shifts, I can see why I might share. Might share it. How do you know? How do you know what's green, yellow, and red information? Well, you got to know what you're aiming at, right? So, like when you, you just said, "Well, I, you know, your concern, your aim has been up until recently, or however, when to reduce the tension is different than to." arrive at a meeting of the minds that's going to benefit my interest. Right. Right. So if I'm aiming to reduce the tension, I'm going to fall short of my interest because my interest may call me into containing the the tension longer to understand how to arrive or get there in a way that works for everyone. Right on. Right. So, but I, I notice you, are clearer than you've ever been and very explicit about what you want to accomplish in our meetings, which are all negotiations, which really helps me. And I think that's because 
Adrian and I tend to be, or at least I do, bigger picture, and we like. To, I like to move fast. Yeah. And and you're going. Well, wait a minute. What about this deal? This detail? This detail? These are potential details that could undermine what we want to get done, and that really helps me. I notice that that really helps me in the process. Good. So, great. Yeah. Well, I, I think you know I, I tend to want to twist the prism a little bit around like the challenge with. If I'm sharing in order to decrease tension, um, and the one that's able to hold the tension the longest usually has power. Mm -hmm. And so I've set up a dynamic where actually somebody else withholding makes them more powerful. Right? So, if, so I, and that, that can be, ends up being pretty counterproductive. Like if I'm trying to earn somebody's trust by oversharing, um, and they are, are they, and if, now I, I would just make a distinction here as well. Like if I want to generate an environment of sharing, that's different than I'm here and I'm kind of vomiting to make myself feel better, you know, to relieve myself. So anyway, there's lots of tons of nuances here, which is like why it's really fun to be in, to have a coach in your ear whenever you're in the midst of these types of negotiations or to go through any kind of workshop or training because you can see yourself in real time around like seeing our default settings and then tweaking and running experiments that might usually are less comfortable for us, but might yeah. be more resourceful yeah. for us. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. All right. So should we, should we head over to the question as we wrap up here? Let's do it. So this is what, yeah. this is my vision for going live with these is this. I'm assuming, and I've gotten such feedback from people that have been listening to the podcast, and as they're listening, they have a question for us about what we're talking about, something that we don't address, something we don't see, or something specific to their scenario. Like, if only I had Dan and Adrian and Chad talk about this one thing, I could get some clarity around it. So this is the opportunity. So if you're listening to this from the podcast feed, you can actually come and join us live in on YouTube when we record these. Pop your question into the field, and at the end of each podcast, we're going to pick a question or two to answer as it pertains to the the topic that we're here that that uh, that we're discussing. So that's my vision: is it's more interaction, more opportunity for you listening to get more value out of what it is that we're doing here, um, and just to add another layer of connectedness um, for us to you. Yeah, you you sprung it on us today. I love it because it's more like the training room, and, and the feedback we got is people want to see that kind of dynamic. So that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Speaking yep. of the training room, this person was in the training room last time, Mr. Brad Johnson. Brad, thanks for oh, joining good. us live. Uh, Brad will also be there uh, at the Revenant coming up in April. He's on the team, um, and I love this man. He is an, an, an amazing person. and He talks too much. He does talk too much. Um, <laughs> so Brad's question is this. It's a little vague, so if there's any clarity and you're still watching, you can add it as I read it, um, but we'll just go with it where where it goes. His question is, in negotiation, how far is too far? And what is a healthy place to be headed towards? Well, let's start with the healthy place to be headed towards. Sure. Which is most people don't take time to wonder how big the pie can be. Mm -hmm. Which means they tend to think only of their own interest. 
Uh-huh. Right. And so yeah. I think they, they, there might be other possibilities at the table that could add to your interests or be make it even bigger. But the only way you know that is by considering the other party's interests. So too far is when the other party feels like they're better off without the you than they are with you. Well, um, that that's too far. Yeah. Right. That, then and that means you did. They're not on the same pay, wavelength. They either missed the value that's in it for them, or you're in. You're not paying attention to what's valuable to them. They might be stuck on their own in their own positions and not see how what you're offering could serve those interests. There's a, there's a number of ways to break that down, but to sit to just to delineate too far is when the other party feels like they're better off alone than they are with you. Yeah, uh, what I hear you—that's so good. They, they've lost interest, or they've they've yeah. lost the perspective of there being possibility in this negotiation. And even that, is that actually too far? Because you could bring it back, but it would require you getting really interested in where you lost them. Yeah, that's why preparation is so valuable, because you're only going to, each time you do that, it gets a little more dicey. Man. So that that's why 90% of a negotiation really occurs in preparing for it. Like, like Adrian said, before I sent the letter off in that one negotiation, I ran it by him, got uh-huh. his feedback, told got to vet my thinking and add to my thinking with his input and then also enroll him where he's willing to say, yeah, I stand with you in it because I didn't want to do it without him because yep. the negotiation I was making also a fact impacts him. So, yep. Anything to add, Adrian? Anything that's on top of mind? Does it relates to that question? Yeah. Uh, how far is too far? And then, Where's the? There's two questions in there. Yeah, healthy place to be headed. Healthy place to be headed. Yeah, it is tough to know how to access that question. But um, you know, how far is too far? We think that means for Brad that how far is too far? How far do you stretch yourself? Mm. Is that is we think that's the question? Maybe or or the my interpretation is how far do you stretch the negotiation? Like how much do you hold out? Meaning, like, if I'm holding out for something, I've got an interest, I'm not revealing information, how far do I take that before? And I think it's, like, right where, at least for me, Dan answered that as, like, well, when the other party's losing interest in the possibility, that's probably too far. Right. Yeah. I guess my only other thing to add to that would be, you know, I I see it all the time in negotiations we're in. Uh, our negotiations I'm close to or with people. I mean, we're so ADD, like as a culture. Um, and I think if you're if you're an entrepreneur and you've got, I don't know, 200 plates spinning on a day, um, really gauge yourself, you know, I think because you can also add a principle, uh, maybe be holding out, but you're actually pushing away. You know, like because there are there's always there's always going to be a next shiny object. So, um, you know, how far is too far? You also need to pay attention to your own orientation to something. I mean, it's good to stretch something out because then you see what stays. Uh, you know, we're so attracted to the next new thing, and we we go through this with our own company. Like, have a thing we're talking about, and it seems like the best idea on a Wednesday, and then next Wednesday it's like, hey, what's happening with that one thing? Remember that thing we we're gonna like do everything? You know, it's like that one thing so that was gonna take us to the moon. The world, 
Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah exactly. No way. You know, so how far is too far? I mean, uh, I would just keep paying attention to your own level of commitment to the thing versus interest in a thing. Yeah, as well. Yep. You know, and it's good to it's good to gate it's good to uh, run that type of experiment if you're looking for relief to something or if you're actually looking for it to be really an additive relationship. Yeah. So I think it's great. I think in, in general, most outcomes, we talk about this all the time, like that all results come out of an interpersonal dynamic. Stretching something is really good to give an X-ray to the relationship. Yeah. You know, because you know, because if, if I trust somebody and I'm gonna, I want to do this with them, it's really good to build some tension and just to see where they go, see where I go in the midst of tension. So, and that's always a win, even if you like quote unquote get bad news. It's not bad news; it's revelatory. That's right. And it lets you know where they are under stress. Lets you know where they when they get scarce. Katie and, and I, then, Katie and I took a sourdough uh, making class i saw that i saw that on your oh. instagram that's cool yeah it was really fun some. um and the guy that taught it was really cool really cool guy super nerd about this thing right and it's always infectious no matter what it is it doesn't matter if it's baking sourdough or cleaning the toilet when you're watching somebody who just like loves it it's so much it's such a better experience and this guy was that thing anyway he kept Every time we would need the dough, he kept saying, you've got to stretch it. you got to stretch it. you got to stretch it, but don't tear it. Stretch it, but tear Dang. it. And, um, and he'd, you know, he'd tell us that every single time. And I think we, we needed it four times, let it rest, you know, that process. And he explained, every time you stretch that dough, almost to the, almost to the point of ripping, you are strengthening the bond of the gluten. Ah. Uh. And I thought I was sitting there thinking the same thing. It's like, oh, isn't that interesting? It's it's this way in relationship as well. Every time we get stretched to the point, almost to the point of tearing, but we come back, it strengthens the the fibers. It strengthens what holds us together for something new that we're working towards. Well, uh-huh. you know, just a little nerd here because you know I'm a nerd on Go words. Ahead, nerd. The nerd on the word. Um, the word blessed literally means to be stretched. No. Oh. Oh. If you're blessed, blessed, uh, and, and the examples are given are when you're pregnant, for instance, a woman's body's stretched and it releases hormones that provide for her and the baby and give her a sense of fulfillment. Right. When you eat, your stomach stretches and serotonin and other Hormones are released to give you a sense of satisfaction, right? Mm. And so to be blessed is to continue to stretch the tent so more can be included in the tent, in your tent. Wow. Yeah. So it's That's interesting cool. you brought that up. Side note. Now, I want to also, you know, something occurred to me around um, healthy place to be headed. I don't know exactly what that's it's fairly... Uh, nebulous or at least generalized in a sense, but here's what I made up. A healthy place to be headed is to check my own cognitions, how I'm thinking, uh, particularly about and distinguishing between my interests and my positions so I can be flexible. So my interests are the intangible aspects of what I want, and then my positions are 
the things I want to meet those intangibles. So if I, let's say I want to really, I want to be comfortable in my life. And so I want a nice car. And I also want to be recognized as somebody who's successful. Oh, I'm going to get this type of car or I want, you know, that that's an example of an interest, which is I want to be comfortable and recognized. And the way to fulfill that in my mind might be to drive a fancy car. It also could be to be very effective at something. It could be, you know, it could list a number of things that I might assign positions. I might assign that interest to. So the more I'm aware of that, the more flexible I am in the negotiation, which means I become more accommodating if I can see that my interests are still going to be met in a different configuration of positions that are going to make up or constitute the uh, the the meeting of the minds. So right on. That's a topic, or that's a that's a point. I think we're going to be making throughout the this entire series is differentiating and understanding what the difference between position and interest. So fantastic. Yeah. Thanks, gentlemen. Awesome. Great conversation. Thanks Thanks, to those who joined us live. Thanks, Brad, for the question. Yep. Bye-bye, y'all. Well, my friends, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast. As a heads up, every Friday we post a Cliff Notes version of that week's conversation with all the highlights in under five minutes. Check that out for a quick and powerful reminder of the principles discussed. I hope this conversation has been valuable to you. If it has, the greatest compliment you could pay us is sharing it with somebody who could use it. Thanks so much for listening and until next week, bye-bye everybody.